0: Welcome to the Next Trip Podcast with Doug and Drew.
1: This is an aviation and travel podcast covering current topics and trip reviews with multiple course deviations on our route. All thoughts and opinions are our own. Welcome to Boarding Pass 22, everyone. This is Drew and I'm here with Doug. We're two avgeeks and aviation professionals creating a safe space for other avgeeks and travel enthusiasts to obsess about all things aviation.
0: Good everyone. We hope this episode finds you safe, healthy, and in good spirits. And as we say, every week, we know there's no defined ending to this thing. But regardless of what it is, we're now one week closer. So, Drew, how are you holding up, man?
1: You know, surprisingly better than last week. Better Last week, I felt like I was really dragging. But, you know, this week, we've been busy, Doug. So... At work, we joke about this. What if we had our zone supervisors work from home? We are actually doing that now. So we have some of our staff that's working from home and a zone supervisor, they watch the operation. They're people that have to be at the airport because they have to talk on radio with the ramp and customer service people. We have them set up, but they're doing all that from home. They have cameras on the airport. They have radios. They have a touch screen, which they use as a radio and a phone. And it's kind of fun because even they are amazed. And for a moment, you think that they're at the airport with you. Yeah. It's just the most amazing thing. So, you know, we talk about the Zoom meetings and the Microsoft Teams, and it's amazing what it's been able to let us do. So I've been busy with that. And then we're also doing summer ops training cause we're getting into the summer with thunderstorms and long taxi times. So um, getting ready for that, but I'll tell you, Doug, the most important thing, the operation is slower now. So I actually have time to sit and talk to each of my employees. And that has been the most important thing, not just for them, but also for me cause none of us know what's going to happen. So just yeah. having that communication is helping everyone.
0: What about you? Yeah. I mean, they're positives. They, come from this uh, you know as difficult it is, it, as it is to find those um, yeah we're holding it up I mean we're on I was telling you I think what day 42 of, <clears throat> of basically sitting at home and read an article in Bloomberg this week <laughs> saying that working from home means that you end up working three more hours a day just to accomplish everything and I just kind of laughed yeah. when I saw that because it's for us for my wife and I it's at least probably four or five more hours of work working from home dealing with the kids and Oh, yeah, we're we're like ships passing the night. I mean, we get up at three, go to bed at nine, ten sometimes and completely opposite schedules. So we're we're just ready for this thing to for this thing to be done. Yeah, I mean, it's I told
1: you I was working. I was doing a project this morning. It's now it's now now it's almost too much because you're so connected with all these new things. And I was telling my zone soups that have the work from home set up. So if someone calls in sick, I'm just going to call you. It's like yeah. you're already at work, literally. Why don't you log in?
0: <laughs> and yeah, just take take care of what they need. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've yeah. been I've been going into sims a little bit more, uh, so it feels semi normal, I guess, mm-hmm. as normal as it can feel.
1: Yeah, under
0: under the the current situations, it's just weird being in the cockpit with everyone wearing masks and the the whole thing. But okay.
1: and you guys, for our listeners, when we're doing this podcast, Doug and I are on separate coasts. We're thousands of miles away, and as we're doing this after a while, I forget that he's twenty five hundred miles away we're just talking it's, it works so well
0: yeah, beauty of the internet a um, couple couple topics to cover before we get into our warm up and then our main topics we have a new logo I don't know if you guys saw that when the or if you'll see that when the episode gets pushed but <laughs> you don't know how much
1: torture that was because Doug and I obsess about everything. So this logo has been in progress for what, Doug? A
0: month now at least. Oh, at least.
1: Yeah, we wanted a more aviation related logos, so we went from an aircraft cabin to an actual 747 with a background horizon blue and orange. So we love it, but on in the process of making it, it's like, "Oh, can you move the plane up an inch? Oh, can you make that shade of blue just a little bit?" <laughs> yeah. So you guys,
0: this went on for <laughs> for weeks but yeah no uh, it looks really good like like you said it looks like a 747 landing at sunrise so it's it's perfect it kind of fits what what we talk about on the show Yeah, and who
1: doesn't love the 747 so it's that you know eye candy that hopefully i mean you'll let us know let us know on twitter if you hate it or love it um we're not going to change it just let us know yeah yeah because we were talking about doing a poll but then we're like we're just going to do it anyway (laughs) because a lot of people like um Nolan, who's listening, Nomad sixteen, and Mark Urryardi, my friend, they keep loving that purple cabin, and I don't think it's just the picture.
0: I think it's it's the, the color—it's the color scheme. Yeah, yeah no, it know. absolutely is. Yeah. So speaking of the new logo, along with that, we just launched what we're calling our merch shop. So some merchandise, <coughs> some merchandise so that we're selling. Ridiculous. Doug well, has gone, gone out of control with this. I have. I, I can't stop myself. We'll send out a tweet <laughs> with the link. We'll put it in the show notes. And you guys can go to officerwayfinder.com slash podcast slash shop. And you can see some pretty awesome socks, mugs, hats. And if you really want a comforter, a next trip podcast comforter. (laughs) Throw pillow. That made me laugh. (laughs) Throw pillow. (laughs) So, you guys, so Doug
1: has friends that uh, kind of dismiss our podcast. Maybe they're not aviation people. So, (laughs) what he's going to do is for Christmas or or for their birthday, you're going to give them a bag of stuff. I'm going to give them a video. a shower curtain, like the most ridiculous. There's leggings on there too, guys. You know, if you're traveling, you want ne- leggings, there's uh, next trip podcast, Leggings.
0: Yep, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's awesome. Um, really, I think the only people who are ever going to buy that stuff uh, is Drew and myself <laughs> and maybe my mom. Um, but yeah. it, ch- check it out, guys. We're having some fun with it. Our, our gears are turning. Yeah. We actually are talking about doing some, I guess you could say, more legitimate mm-hmm. stuff with it. So a lot of the yeah. plane spotting that we do and pictures that we take we're talking about making shirts and socks and whatever out of some of the pictures that we take. So check it out. Um, Buy us a beer, I guess (laughs) by (laughs) getting, uh, getting some next trip socks.
1: No, I mean, yeah, you could get a a cool t-shirt and then we will get 50 cents towards, you know, this podcast, I guess Mm -hmm. to pay for my Amazon mic and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. So how do we, so we go to officerwayfinder.com slash podcast slash
0: shop. Yep. And we'll, we'll tweet it out. We'll put it in the show notes as well. Um, Check it out. Let us know what you guys think. If you have ideas, just let us know. And uh, it takes a little bit of time and we'll be able to get it out there. So um, all right, moving on to some topics. So we saw a pretty funny meme on social media this week and it said, if you could end COVID-19 by sacrificing one airport, which would you choose and why (laughs) LaGuardia? That is so so wrong. So I I sent it to Drew and and someone responded with, can we add Newark here too? So we're very positive on the next trip. You guys know that. We try and stay positive about everything. At least we try. So for a fun topic to get us started today, we're each going to defend one of those airports. So Drew, why don't you start us off? Why should we spare LaGuardia?
1: Okay, so this is an easy airport to defend you guys for all the trash that LaGuardia gets, right? So this is physically close to New York, but getting from LaGuardia, which is in New York, but getting from LaGuardia to Manhattan is going to take an hour to an hour and a half. But think of it this way. You are going to get immersed in the New York area. you're going to take two, it takes two buses just to get out of the airport, which is so cool because you'll get a, get to see another terminal, right? Which is, which is awesome. That bus will drop you in the middle of Queens someplace, right? <laughs> and you have all kinds of ethnic food. You'll have like the true grit of New York. Just be careful because I was there when I was 15. I took a trip by myself and I was like, oh my God, I'm in New York. So there's a real experience flying into LaGuardia. Then what you do, you take another bus to this, Woodside or something that some someplace that no one has ever heard of. Right. And this is from a major airport. It's going to drop you off in Woodside. I can't even picture where I was exactly. I was so lost. Then you take a train across to Manhattan. So an hour and a half later, you have like a full New York experience. It's like right? a non,
0: it's like a non-ref trip getting, it's from like a aer- it's an adventure getting from the airport to Manhattan. That sounds right. awesome. Yeah.
1: And seriously, LaGuardia, most airlines fly to LaGuardia, so it's better, it's more competition, so you might get a
0: better airfare. Yeah, well, and- and is awesome. uh, You you forgot that they can't fly more than 1,500 miles. They have the perimeter rule. So if you're going to fly from the West Coast, you can't fly nonstop. You have to fly two flights, and we love multiple flights. Right, exactly. There you go. Yeah, that's perfect. If you're an avgeek, book
1: LaGuardia, because you know, if you're in San Francisco, book LaGuardia, you'll get at least two flights. (laughs) That's awesome. And then Delta, your people, you know, they, don't they have a nice operation there?
0: In I haven't. Be, uh, yeah, I haven't been there since I opened the that new wing of the terminal. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's always under construction, so it's like <clears> a jobs <throat> a jobs program,
1: right? So we got to put that on our list because because ma- my vision of Laguardia is like a Mumbai train station because <laughs> I haven't been there since the '90s, right? So maybe it's all different now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah really I mean, nice
0: website. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, for, for Newark, I had Newark. Um, I mean, first of all, several of the terminals don't have pre-check. So if you like to go through the normal experience of going through, um, security, then fly out of Newark. You, you won't, you'll have to take your shoes off. You can show okay. everyone what stickers you have on your iPad or on your laptop. Wait, there's
1: no pre-check at
0: Newark? Only in a couple of terminals. They give you one of those oh. little, it's, it's like the, the faux pre-check. You get the okay. little thing that says you can maybe keep your shoes on, but you have to take everything else out. Yeah. So weird. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, you get to show off your next trip stickers on your computer <laughs> when you fly out of Newark. Just like, just like uh, LaGuardia, constantly under construction, so it's a really good jobs program. And yeah. you never actually see <laughs> the benefits of the construction, so you know that there are always going to be <laughs> jobs to be had for those people. Right, there's always something happening. Oh, exactly. And, and most of the terminals are like a time capsule. If you guys yeah. want to know what oh, yeah. flying in the 60s was like with the yeah. little circular things, um, yeah. everyone just jammed in right in the middle, that's that's the place to be. <laughs> and then the the best part is all the ATC delays in and out of there, it means yeah. more, more time sitting in your seat on the plane. Hopefully, yes. hopefully you boarded to the left. So it's a more enjoyable experience. But even if yeah. you didn't, at least you, you get to sit in the back and you get to feel the person in front of you moving in their seat for two hours and 59 minutes while you're sitting on the ramp waiting. Yeah. It's perfect. And then
1: it's also in New Jersey, which is cool. Cause now you get to see another state if you're going to New York.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. S- um, S- Same,
0: them both. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The, those are both winners for sure. We do have to go back to LaGuardia to see what it's like. Have you been there at all?
0: Yeah. I, uh, I was there last, probably in 2018, I think. Oh, okay. it, to, to be honest, if you're flying through there, because uh, I've connected through there a couple of times, it's not anywhere near as bad as if you're O and D, if you're flying into or out of there. And, and this is jokes aside, so we're, we're done with the <laughs> tongue in cheek. If you're If you're connecting through, it's not terrible yeah um, some of the construction they've done it it actually modernized it a little bit okay. now getting in and out of there is is a real nightmare a real mess
1: i really i now now i'm not joking anymore
0: i really can't believe why there's no direct bus that's like hourly that goes to manhattan from what, from what i've heard is the taxi union okay All and right. that's that's one of the reasons why they don't have the metro that runs there too the okay, subway doesn't here. yeah the subway doesn't go yeah, directly to the airport. Just, yeah, it's, it's crazy. So complicated.
1: Yeah. All right. You want to get to business with uh, yeah, let's COVID-19 do it. updates? All right. So we're going to quickly cover uh, the COVID-19 stories for this week. Uh, we mentioned last week that South African Airways was on the verge of collapse. They um, laid off all of their employees. So now we're waiting to see what happens. Um, Doug, you're the spreadsheet guy. And I know you barely sleep because of all the stuff that's going on and the numbers. Um, you always have your eye on the data coming in. So what's going on this week?
0: Unfortunately, but not unexpectedly. More of the dominoes have started to fall this week. Virgin Atlantic said that they won't survive if they don't receive government aid. Lufthansa said the same thing. I did see that Air France and KLM both got separate funding from their respective governments. Virgin Australia entered administration, which is Australia's version of bankruptcy. So at this point, it's up to the creditors to decide what what the future is going to look like, uh, whether it's liquidation or restructuring. And everything that I've seen this week is they're saying they're probably going to restructure. They have people who are interested in investing, but it might just be a domestic only carrier. So get rid of their 777-300ERs, yeah. not, not fly the long haul network that they've been doing for the last dozen years or so, and just mm-hmm. stick to inner to Australia. Um, Norwegian. So Nor- Norwegian is a weird one because they're broken up in several different companies in each of the... Countries that they're they're based. It's not one big entity, and four of their their subsidiaries, I guess he could say, declared bankruptcy this okay. week. Now that doesn't mean that Norwegian is going away. It just means that some of their smaller subsidiaries in Denmark and Sweden uh, laid off 4,700 people. And interestingly enough, the people who are based in Finland, Spain, the UK, and the US um, fall under those companies. So they yeah. too are laid off. Now, the um, Norwegian, the French, and the Italian-based employees are still unaffected at this okay. point, but just kind of a mess. And then Air Mauritius, again, voluntary administration, so bankruptcy. Um, and the CEO said it's following a complete erosion of the company's revenue base because mm-hmm. of everything going on with all the grounding. So not a good week. And I, I have a feeling that this is going to be a pretty common topic for a while as, as we go through this thing.
1: Yeah, let's let's talk about this for just a moment. And I'll just use uh, an American example. So, 2008, you know when we had the crisis, they the US bailed out the auto companies and people were a lot of people were against that. But then eventually, for example, GM paid all the money back with a profit to the taxpayers. So my feeling is if you take a major US carrier, you got to keep them propped up because eventually they will make profits again. They will be able to pay back that money. And in the meantime, You don't have these thousands of employees going on unemployment, which the government's going to have to pay them anyway. You know, might as well keep everyone working and then the government can cash in later because airlines are a growth industry. Now, I don't know about Air Air Mauritius, for example. Mm -hmm. I think that they were profitable.
0: I don't know. I'm I'm not sure, to be honest.
1: Yeah. I mean, if it's a loss-making airline like South African, I don't know if that's a good deal for the government cuz yeah. they
0: never get their money Well, back. and that that's part of the reason why the Australian government said no to Virgin Australia cuz they've only made a profit in two of their last 10 years.
1: Right. But what about Virgin Atlantic? I mean they're they,
0: generally they yeah, since Delta stepped in in 2013 and bought a 49% stake, they've been more or less profitable. They've had a couple of of loss-making years, but yeah. Delta's investment in them has kind of turned them around. For better or worse, because they've changed their, their network structure and route structure to be more like Delta Light, if you will, doing yeah. more transatlantic stuff and and not as much in the long haul in other areas of the world. So right. if you were a, a loyal Virgin flyer going to places in Asia, you may have lost some of that service in favor of more frequency to Atlanta and JFK and, and so forth. But it right. took an airline that wasn't making money and started to turn it around. <laughs>
1: yeah virgin atlantic has um become very lean compared to where it was so just an example at dulles they were flying two flights a day both with 747s and recently before this crisis it was just one A 300
0: yeah so
1: yeah they're they're they're
0: getting smarter they're they're not flying some of these these prideful routes that lost money but they refuse to give up yeah these trophy Um, routes too yeah uh, exactly um, yeah 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 Um, i mean yeah See what happens. Yeah, uh, s- some more news. So the the bad news is we don't quite know when the demand will return, but the good news is I, I think we finally found the bottom. Oh, the is numbers, that the Doug
1: curve? Is that like the Doug? The, yeah, Doug. <laughs> yeah. The, the,
0: the numbers, I, I've been looking at the daily TSA screenings in the U.S. Now, yeah. kind of take that with a grain of salt because it, it could be known crew members. It could be concession workers going through as well, but yeah. the numbers bottomed out about 96% below where they were this period last year. Yeah. In the last week, they've slowly started to creep up. And it, they're actually, the daily declines are above the average of the last 30 days. So right. it's it's starting to look a little bit better. Um, the, G, the CEO of JetBlue, Robin Hayes, said that we hit bottom, but we're bumping along, which yeah. it's, it's, it's true. I mean, there, even though you might have a percentage or two increase, right. we're still in the 90s below where we were this time last year.
1: Well, they say the curve could be a W where it goes down. It goes up a little. It goes, but I think it could be several W's, you know, a bumpy road because everyone was hopeful. These countries in Asia, you know, they were showing some progress, but now Singapore has an outbreak again. Mm -hmm. So they're locking down again. Japan has declared a national emergency. So that's very disappointing because we initially we thought that, okay, these countries are on the way out of this crisis, but may not be the case.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. And then uh, this week, Boeing announced that they're ending their $4.2 billion acquisition of Embraer. They said it just wasn't the right time to spend this large amount of money. And it's not that surprising, honestly. I mean, Boeing is trying to save their their life. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's not the time to be shopping, right? No. And, and they entered into this agreement in 2018 before the MAX crisis. And Boeing was already hurting heading into this beyond like b- before COVID. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it'll, it'll be interesting to see where it goes, but I don't know if you saw Embraer's response.
1: Yeah. It was kind of a slap to Boeing, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. They said that it was illegal pulling out <clears throat> and that Boeing owes them damages, which mm-hmm. that I'm not surprised that Ember responded that way. Cause what could this mean for Ember? Ember yeah. is struggling with their e2 it's a, it's a great airplane but not a lot of people are ordering it and i don't think a lot of airlines are going to be ordering f- for Anything a long like time that. anyways and yeah. so i think embraer might be a little bit scared thinking that this this could <clears> be <throat> the beginning of of a really bad slide for them and, and they were hoping that with boeing they would be able to continue on and have boeing kind of do the marketing and the development and and they were going to work hand in hand boeing was going to send a bunch of engineers down to brazil Embraer was going to send some up to Seattle, so um, yeah. it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt Embraer, I think, more than it's going to hurt Boeing, which is why Embraer had that response.
1: Yeah, so you wonder what's going to happen if someone else is going to swoop in like China and say, hey, work with us to make a plane, you know, because they've got it mostly done yeah. at Embraer, you know, with some small changes. Yeah, I, I don't think anyone's in the mood to, you know, to make their company larger or try new things right now. Everyone's in survival mode right now. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, And just uh, for people who haven't heard, we've been talking about this for a little bit. Boeing was in the process of buying 80% of Embraer's commercial business. So they would have been a partner to create an airplane that would compete with the A220 from Bombardier. There you go. Yeah. Got it. From Bombardier. Um, And that's a, that's um, A partnership with airbus and uh, bombardier
0: yeah well Boeing not a
1: partnership airbus bought airbus bought it yeah and
0: and boeing really did this to themselves the the whole reason why airbus bought bombardier bought the c-series in the first place was because boeing was claiming that the canadian government was improperly supporting the company which they um there was that lawsuit back in 2017 i believe it was that led to huge tariffs on any airline in the U.S. buying the airplane that got struck down. And then Airbus ended up buying the C-Series for $1. Oh, my goodness. So and now, split. yeah. Well, if they can hang on to it. You know. Yeah, and, and that forced Boeing's hand to then do this partnership with Embraer. But that was in 2018, again, before the MAX when times were good when the industry was growing. So it's, it's just, it's a yeah. complete mess. And I, I don't think this will be the end of it. I, I think, or excuse me, I think Embraer is going to fight tooth and nail on this one claiming yeah. the impropriety and we're not lawyers. We didn't read the contract. I don't know what's there, but I, I would have to assume that Boeing's lawyers looked at it and had a, a pretty good handle before they decided to go through with the, the ending of this.
1: Yeah, we'll watch it unfold from an Avge perspective. Neither uh, Doug nor I have flown the A220, which is this competi- competing plane that um, that Airbus has, and it really looks like a game changer. So Airbus may have this market to itself. Now you have the Sup- Sukhoi Superjet in Russia, and there's a plane in China, but they- they're just not to the level of being able to get certified in the West yet. So yeah, well,
0: and... and, a- and- I- all the all the Sukhoi operators have said that it's awful maintenance. Oh, really? Yeah, Interjet uh, down in Mexico has them, and they're mm-hmm. they're trying to get rid of them because it's just not a reliable airplane, even though it's it's new. And it was supposed to be Russia's foray into Western aviation, if you will, and and there was that accident back in Moscow last year that um, really kind of gave the program a black eye. I, I don't see it competing. Yeah.
1: All right, we'll see. I think everything's kind of put on hold until we are in recovery mode from this crisis. All right, so we received some great feedback when we did our decade prediction episode back in January, which seems like a decade ago now. All of that can basically be thrown out the window at this point. Several listeners have reached out to us and suggested we redo it. Uh, We're not necessarily going to do that, but we are going to talk about what the future might hold for the industry.
0: Yeah, and the first thing that we're going to talk about is the airline fleet. So I, both Drew and I feel like it's inevitable, and all the airlines have said it. IATA has said it, that fleets are going to be smaller heading, heading into the future. When we finally recover from this and demand starts to come back, I saw a number from IATA saying that the worldwide fleet is going to be at least 10% lower than what it is today.
1: I, I, could, use, I could see that
0: maybe even more. Yeah. Now we, we've we seen American, KLM, Delta all say they're going to retire some of their older fleets. So it's fleets that were, that were destined to be retired anyways. It's yes. just happening earlier. Now, a lot of the airlines still have orders on the books, but I've, I've seen recently that some are trying to cancel some of their orders, which, right. which then leads us into the next topic. There's an aircraft glut right now. There's so many airplanes that are out there That are going to become available on the market yeah and
1: yeah so i mean these planes that are coming out the trip the 737 max i think people have don't really aren't really concerned about getting that plane right now and the triple seven x which is this super expensive you know advanced model that boeing has who knows where that will go because no one is in a mood to spend that much money on an airplane right now
0: no well it's it's not just that but it it is a big airplane, and we're seeing the seven forty seven. We're seeing the A three eighty heading into an expedited retirement. I I wonder if the triple seven X will ever fly commercially. Yeah, I, I really do. Yeah, and I, I hate to be negative about that, but if you look at Boeing's portfolio, they've got the seven eight, right? The eight cover most the of the nine that. and the ten. Mm-hmm. The ten is not as big as what the triple seven X is supposed to be. But that, yeah. that VLA, the very large aircraft that we've, we've talked about on several episodes, that market is drying up, especially right now. Yeah. Now, oh, yeah, and you know, if you...
1: So what's going on right now? Cat, I'm hearing that Cathay Pacific is looking to swap their 777X orders for 787-10s. Yeah, and
0: I saw that Lufthansa wants to get more 777 freighters. Yeah. Swap their 777X order.
1: So some major airlines have said, you know, when asked about the 777X... That it is too much airplane, so Doug, listen to this. so the price guess what the price is of a triple seven x it's probably three hundred four hundred ten to four hundred and forty million yeah, half a billion dollars almost right so look at this so let's say four hundred and ten let 's go on the low end uh an a three fifty one thousand basically the same size, maybe like fifty seats less, you know maybe even less than that for a difference. Is only 366 million. That's 14% less for basically the same capacity. And right now, the a 350 1000 capacity is better because the yeah. loads are lighter. Um, looking at seating capacity, look at this. So check in various sites. They both have a three-cabin seating capacity of about 350. Mm-hmm. So why would you spend? why would you pay 440 million right now for a plane that's basically does the same missions as an a three fifty one thousand.
0: yeah well and it was struggling to get orders even before this happened we had talked about that on a previous episode yeah i i don't know if boeing is going to scrap it or i don't know if airlines are going to cancel enough that it forces boeing to scrap it but i i'm i'm going to be the pessimist and say i don't think that it will ever see the light of day
1: now yeah. i i know it
0: has it's flown they have prototypes yeah. I, I just I don't see at the end of this that there's enough demand out there, and Boeing is so strapped for cash right now that I could see them cutting their losses and just saying we're going to focus on the seven eight seven, eight nine and ten for now, mm-hmm. and then look at the NMA or the NSA, whatever yeah. the re- the replacement for the seven five seven six even seven thirty seven is, and just focus all their efforts on that airplane yeah, i i could i could see that i i, I would hate for yeah. that to happen because i think the triple seven x is an amazing looking airplane yeah i don't doubt the capabilities but this is literally the worst time in the world for something like this to happen
1: yeah exactly all right then we have another sad story I, and i hope this doesn't happen so delta is looking at trading their 717s uh, i think they have a 50 of them. Correct me for me. Uh, 90, 92, 90.
0: 91, 92. Oh, wow, yeah. Something like that.
1: Okay. Trading those for uh, the seven thirty-seven max. Um, I really haven't done a lot of research on this.
0: You know, you would think that Delta has already paid for those. Why would they want to trade those in? Yeah. Well, so j- the, the story was broken by John Ostrauer, who writes for the air current, which is a, okay. a really good aviation journal. Um, and what he was saying in there is, so Boeing, Boeing actually owns the airplanes and Delta leases them from Boeing, if, uh-huh. if I remember the finances correctly. Uh-huh. So it, it would be kind of a, a swap in that Delta would return the 717s to Boeing, basically probably for them to get scrapped. Mm-hmm. And then, Del- so Delta's fleet management has always been buy the last round of airplanes before they move on to the next one.
1: Oh, so, so they get the best
0: prices? Best prices, yeah. Get, get the last of the previous generation of airplanes, best prices. Mm-hmm. And we'll see in the next couple of weeks with net losses and everything as as airlines start to report their finances. But yeah. I have a feeling Delta is going to have a lower loss than some of the other airlines because they don't have these these big leveraged purchases of brand new airplanes in the way that some other airlines do. So what what this would do is this could be a lifeline for the max. Boeing is desperate for max orders right now. Yeah.
1: Keep that production line up and
0: exactly. running. Exactly. And Delta could get these for a swan song. I mean, they could get them so cheap right now. And the last thing that Delta wants to do is spend a lot of money on a new airplane. So this might end up being a good thing as much as I love the 717s and I haven't flown a max, I haven't heard good things about it. So from a a passenger perspective and it's, it's confusing to me because the 737 max is a larger airplane. It's not in the same category as the 717. Yeah. 717 would be like an A220. Yeah. But you have to, you have to think about it. So if you look at Delta's fleet right now of all the airplanes they have in the fleet, the only fleet type that doesn't have a single airplane parked right now Is the A220. Yeah, because it's efficient. It's efficient. Customers love it. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So their reasoning is okay, why do we need the 717? We have the A220. Exactly.
0: So let's let's leverage that to get a good deal on a replacement. They could they could drop some of their oldest A320s that Northwest bought back in the early nineties that are almost 30 years old now at this point for a really good replacement price using the 717.
1: Right. They did say Delta is in a really, is in a good position to downsize because they have so many planes that they could shed very quickly. Exactly. You know, that they've been wanting to. All right, let's move on to uh, oh boy, this reverse uh, seat uh, controversy that you and I have. So let me just set this up for you, you guys. So we saw a tweet. Uh, there's this company that has an idea to make these seats. So if you can imagine a set of three seats together. So you have one seat facing forward. The one next to you is facing the opposite direction. And then the one on the window is facing the opposite direction. So, and it's separated by this plexiglass so that you are separated from that customer. But you are kind of facing that customer. Um, Doug, what are your thoughts on it first?
0: Well, if anyone has flown the British Airways Club World seats, you'll know what, kind of what this looks like. So it's, you're staring at your travel companion as you're flying now drew i know you said you could put a window shade on it or put some fancy like the 787 dimming but that that's that's money that's cost yeah what what i said to you initially when you sent this to me was i don't think it'll pass regulatory hurdles because airplanes have to be able to egress in 90 seconds full Mm -hmm. of passengers and i don't Mm -hmm. know what sort of egress plan this would accompany if you will um, I don't know if they would be able to get everyone off the airplane in time, just the way the setup is. But they're
1: just going to get up and walk to the aisle just like they would on a regular?
0: But but it looks like it's, it's difficult to get past. I think it would slow people down. Yeah. Okay. Um, aside from staring at the other passenger, which is really <laughs> uncomfortable, mm-hmm. um, it would take a couple of years to get regulatory approval. It would take a couple of years to get... Built, manufactured, and put in the airplanes, and it's gonna be a lot of money, which airlines don't have right now to spend on these products. And to be honest, I I think two years from now, once medicine has advanced, once we have a a vaccine, a cure for this thing, I think that two years from now, people are gonna look back. We're gonna wash our hands more, but we're gonna be right back jammed in as sardines because people want to pay the lowest price. I I don't see this going forward. I don't see it changing. And to be honest, I don't know if it really would increase the passenger experience because I'm a family of four with a lap child and we get a, mm-hmm. a, a row of three right now. Yeah. So how do I sit? Do we sit in the same row where you have to go in yeah, the opposite work. way or mm-hmm. it, it, how, right, how right, does right. it work? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Even if you're a couple and you're separated. Yeah. I mean, people are going to start have to think out of the box because this is one setup, but I have also seen economy class where the seats are staggered. They're Mm -hmm. next to each other facing the same way, but you have like a little sneeze guard between you and the next customer. Yeah. Doug, when you think about it, you know, I've been on a lot of 737s in middle seats flying cross country for six hours and you are right next to two people. (laughs) There is no social distancing. So you really, you know, are susceptible to get whatever those two people have. So we'll see. I mean, you're talking about the cost. You're talking about cost overhead, larger overhead bins cost something. And in the past, you know, seat belts on cars that cost something, but you know, we got it done because we felt like there was a public need and a desire for more safety. And it, you know, it would give people a more sense of safety too. I mean, we'll see how, how, uh, people's thoughts about traveling change in the next few months. Yeah. I just don't, I don't think this is the last pandemic you know, several years down the road, I think we're going to have something like this again. So we need to be better. Yeah. Prepared.
0: And, and what I was reading too, cause I was doing a little research on this is there's nothing that proves that having this reverse seating configuration would stop any sort of a spread because the air in the airplane is recycled. You're not mm-hmm. in your own little pod. So yeah, mm-hmm. it, it does help with that direct I sneeze on you. Tra- transmission. <laughs> it's but but when I sneeze, it goes up into the air, anyways. And so a pathogen right. is going to find a host, regardless of whether there's this zigzag that makes it really uncomfortable from passenger experience. Yeah. I, I I could see I could see them pressing forward with it, but I just want to say this is the same company that came up with those bicycle <laughs> type seats a couple years ago. Oh yeah, where it's they like they had a, like, like this, you're almost six, standing. They had like this 16 inch pitch, and you basically are like leaning against <laughs> this, this little bicycle seat. Right,
1: you're like propped up. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on, Doug. Oh, we got to talk about breeze. Yeah. So breeze, my initial thoughts about breeze is, Oh, forget it. You know, at this point who wants to start an airline, but the more I thought about it is if they can just hang out, there's going to be a lot of airlines that are leaving the market or reducing frequency or reducing capacity. And they're going to have access to all these cheap planes, low interest rates, so this might actually be a good time. Well, actually not now, but maybe in a few months when it calms down a little bit to start a new airline. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, they're, they're supposed to launch the end of the year with some of Azul's E195s or E190s. Yeah. So they'll, they'll get the A220s next year. Um, I, I try to look it up and there has been no news on Breeze since we talked about them several episodes ago yeah. when they announced yeah. Breeze as a name. So they're, they're just sitting idle. I I, I'm sure they're working really hard behind the scenes, but they're, they're letting everything pass the news cycle slow down. Um, no, I, I honestly, I think you're, you're spot on. I think that right now, like if they had started right now, it would be an awful time, but they're not starting until the end of the year. That's a perfect time. And because they're using used airplanes at first, they can start smaller than they probably were planning and they can Mm -hmm. grow the way that they want to, and they can grow into, like you said, some of that, th- they can pick up some of that slack that's not there in the market. Now, yeah. as a pilot who is trying to get hired at an airline, right. part of the reason why I brought this topic in is because I was looking pilot jobs at breeze because they're, they're going to need pilots. Yeah,
1: exactly. Hopefully,
0: <laughs> hopefully there aren't pilots to get furloughed, but um, I mean, that's being very, very optimistic I yeah. could see some pilots from other airlines starting to move in the breeze direction. Yeah. It's yeah. It, from a staffing perspective, it's a perfect time for them as well because and not just can,
1: pilots, all kinds of airlines, everyone, are hanging out ready
0: everyone, because they can pick up the people who have been furloughed. And that's talent that, you know, if they had started a year ago in a really tight job market, that's really difficult for them to, to get started. But now they've got that talent.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> I got a really good idea for them if they want to get a hold of uh, several 717s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dr. about I, I heard a rumor. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh. Um. Yeah, so we'll see. Breeze might have a chance. All right, let's move on to uh, something positive. Um, so we keep getting some great feedback from our listeners. Um, and thanks to everyone that's been posting pictures of you listening to our podcast. It's great to see and We can bring some enjoyment to our airwaves every week. We got a message from one listener. His name is Donovan Harrell. He's a Minneapolis-based airline employee. He said, quote, Doug and Drew, I listened to your newest episode. Loved it. Thank you for all you do. I look forward to your episodes every Monday morning. It's what I wait for all week. I actually look forward to Monday morning so I can listen to this podcast on my way to work. So, Doug, we've got to upload this tonight because people are waiting for it Monday, so.
0: Oh, exactly. I, I know. I would. Uh, hopefully, I'll, I'll be able to get on it right now. My daughter is now sitting on my lap. She just walked in from her so nap. Sweet. We've been fighting nap time for the last 42 days, and yeah. we're doing it again. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully hopefully we get this edited tonight. But we got another really good iTunes five-star review. It's a great Geek show from people who know, and this is mileage runner Steve. He said, these guys are starting out, relatively speaking, in the podcast world but they distinguish themselves from other aviation themed podcasts in that they actually work in the industry. They both seem like passionate geeks. They know what they're talking about and they have a great camaraderie. And then this is the best part. Doug <laughs> seems like a nice dorky and he said, meant kindly guy. Everyone liked in high school. And yeah. Drew, Drew seemed like the guy who's smarts. you always underestimated in school together. They really care about aviation and the people working in the industry, which makes me like them even more. Okay. So, so you
1: guys, so that is uh, code for Doug is the smart one and I am the quote unquote special one. Okay. So, um, I think we're ready to wrap up, but Doug, we got to talk about something that's been really on my mind and, uh, we need to discuss this through. So can we talk about the wonder plane for just a little bit? So yeah, we, we got to talk about this cause I got some serious concerns about this. So For those of you that are listening, the Wonder Plane uh, was Wonder Woman's plane, and it was this transparent thing that she would get into, and she would fly through the air. You could see her, and you could see the outline of the plane, because it was invisible. So um, I have some concerns. How much do you know about the Wonder Plane? I'll pull up the fact sheet
0: for us. Yeah, all I know is what you sent me on the fact sheet. So since you have it pulled up, why don't you go ahead and say it?
1: Yeah, so you guys, we got this from uh, the National Aviation Museum, it looks like. Okay, so the, the Wonder Plane, uh, 36 feet wingspan, it's 31 feet long, it's 9 feet high, and get this, this is this plane was way ahead of its time. So the maximum speed of the Wonder Plane, 144,000 miles per hour, cruise speed was... Uh, well, that doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, I, I don't get that. The cruise is speed is 2,000
0: miles an hour, but the <clears throat> max speed is 144,000. It it's not even a Delta wing. How, how can it go mock? That just doesn't, doesn't make any sense to me.
1: Well, yeah, there's no way. I mean, somehow they got it to do it. So she could fly 144,000 miles per hour if she really had to get someplace to save someone, but otherwise she was cruising at 2,000.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah Where I mean, the, the flight control cable, cable? You know, that image. Yeah, you don't see I mean, it. Yeah, you don't see it. Or the fuel.
1: Yeah, I don't get it. And, and this is, I'm going to um, shout out to my uh, other airport ops peeps on here, Tyler and uh, Jason from Phoenix and Nolan from Asheville. Please help me understand how you wing walk that plane. <laughs> it, <laughs> no, serious. It's glass. How it do you wing walk the wonder plane? Yeah. Because you can okay. I don't know if you can see the outline, but that, I, I don't know if they looked at this from a safety perspective because that would be a nightmare on the ramp. Yeah. How do you feel it? Where does the feeler go? Where up? does the feel
0: go? Yeah. And what, what if you have to use the bathroom and you've got a passenger it's awkward.
1: Did she have a bathroom in there?
0: Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah.
1: All right. So all these questions you guys. So, um, if you have the answers, just let us know on Twitter, but still a lot of questions on the wonder plane. <laughs> I was going to say now that we have that squared away, we can move on. But, uh, thanks you guys. That will wrap up another episode for, for the podcast. And, uh, Doug, it was nice doing with this with you another week. Hey, um, so Poppy's, okay, so we have
0: uh, right. a guest. Um, right now. Yeah, let me, Poppy, part- I got a
1: question. I got a question for you. Hey, what? Uh, what's, your, what's your favorite airplane uh, cookie? Because I know your dad gave you like a couple. There was like a Biscoff thing and like a waffle thing. Which one do you like?
0: Uh... See, it's a hard choice. That's just like, <laughs> on bad peaks. it's a hard choice, Poppy. <laughs> just don't ask her what her favorite airline is. Oh, yeah. What's your favorite arrow? Uh, Delta. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I know. Your dad told me. Uh,
1: uh, I, I heard that you got a United model, and uh, you asked him for a Delta
0: model, too. What were you eating on the couch the other day, though, when I came home from work? Pretzels. Pretzels. American Airlines pretzels. Oh, that American has food? Yeah, they have pretzels. Okay. Yeah. So, oh, see, wow. it's, it's not just Biscoff. It's not just um, waffle. American has pretzels, and they're pretty good. You like okay. them? yeah they were yummy
1: yeah so we're equal opportunity now we discussed everyone's snacks
0: well there you go thank you for uh, for poppy <laughs> bringing biscoff into the discussion again this week once again all right well thanks everyone for joining us we'll see you next week remember stay aviation tough this has been the next trip podcast Find us on Twitter at nexttrippodcast or officerwayfinder.com slash podcast.
1: Okay. Okay. So this is a lot of stuff. So let's save this to the end. It's like, okay, we need need to talk about something that's been bothering me for a long time. Okay. And I need, cause you're a pilot. I need your help on this. Help understanding. All so right. leave that to the end. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> All right. <clears throat>
1: but you gotta be as serious as you can. Like when we
0: yeah. said. We were just recording that whole thing, by the way. Oh God.